0: Today is July 14th, 2023. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. We're back at it with another boxing edition of the podcast. This is a special one. Usually, I'll break down the fight taking place the weekend that I recorded. We're in special times. This is a loaded era. I've been saying it for months. 2023 is different. This episode is for a fight that is taking place 10 days from now. Actually, 11 days from now. We're going to let this one linger a little bit. We're going to let this one marinate a little bit. I'm talking about a special matchup between Naoya Inoue, the monster, and cool boy Stephen Fulton. Real quick, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a regular listener, you already know. I don't waste too much time. I get right into it. No different this week. I'm getting right into it. Fulton versus Inouye. This fight, to me, isn't getting the attention it deserves here in the U.S., in my opinion. I feel even the majority of big-time boxing fans don't fully realize the significance of the matchup. They know it's a big fight. They know it's going to be close. But do they really know the significance? I'm not sure. I'm actually kind of jealous of how Japan is treating this fight. This fight was on the front page of their newspapers. While some stations like NBC Sports and stuff, actually they had a fantastic piece on the fight. But that doesn't happen too often here in the U.S. Spence Crawford is massive. And regardless of the outcome, I doubt it's going to be front page news. It's just not. But when Fulton arrived in Japan, front page of their paper. The other day he was bombarded at the airport by their local media and fans. Everyone was surrounding him. They wanted questions, they wanted interviews, they wanted pictures, they wanted autographs. It's a big deal. So if anyone is wondering why this fight isn't in the US, why it's taking place over in Japan, that's why. The coverage is incredible. This fight is gigantic. It's being promoted on the side of skyscrapers over there, as it should be. This is like their Super Bowl. It's huge, trust me, over there. Correct me if I'm wrong. In J-Row or Lord of the Flies, you guys are much more versed on the lower weight classes than I am, so correct me if I'm wrong. Or anyone else listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't believe we've ever seen a fight of this magnitude below the lightweight division at least not in the last 40 years or so again i could be wrong but i'm including all aspects talent skill resume notoriety record it's a damn big deal it's a super fight it just so happens to be taking place the same week as another super fight but i don't i don't subscribe to the idea that the winner of spence crawford is automatically the best fighter in the sport i just don't is it possible Absolutely. Talking about two top five pound-for-pound pound talents. But here, with Inouye and Fulton, you also have two top ten. And way, to me, take away the heavyweights, pound-for-pound, pound, Inouye's the best fighter right now. If he's not, if he's not in your top two, you're kidding yourself. You're either lying, hating a little bit, or you're just simply not aware of what he's done or how he fights or the guys he's beaten. Not only beaten, destroyed. You could look at the names and say, oh, I don't know who that is and just throw it in the trash and not consider it. That's easy to do. But look at the guys he's fought. Look at when he fought them. Now, in a way, in his sixth fight, wins a world title. Beats Adrian Hernandez, knocks him out. Couple fights later, moves up, junior bantamweight title. Knocks out Omar and Narvaez. Not only knocks him out, knocks him out in the second round. This is like a veteran champion guy had over 50 fights or something like like this guy was highly touted. Only loss was to Donaire, went the distance. In a way, just knocks him out second round, easy. The way he was doing it. Made it look easy. People can say, oh, Donair is his only win. That's not true. Donair is not even his best win. Put it that way. Donair is a great win, but not his best win. Guy knocked out Juan Piano. One round. Great name, by the way, Juan. One round. It's not like he's struggling with these guys. It's not like he's failing them out. One round. Knocked them out. And the World Boxing Super Series. Like, what are we talking about? Emmanuel Rodriguez. Second round knockout. We're talking about... A top three guy in the division right now, currently. Guy just beat Gary Antonio Russell. In a way, gets him out in one round. He doesn't play with his food. Gets guys out of there. The Donaire fight, I already mentioned. Gets his eye broken, orbital bone, destroyed. Still wins the fight fairly easily. It's a classic fight, don't get me wrong, the first fight. But he won it fairly easily, if we're being honest. Score-wise... Not the punishment he took wasn't easy, but score-wise, it was a fairly, it was a wide margin. Jason Maloney, and I believe it was his U.S. debut. Jason Maloney, great fighter. Like I said, top three, four type guy. Guy hasn't lost since. In a way, gets him out of there seven rounds. Wins every round of the fight. Dominates him. Makes him look like he doesn't belong. This is a top three guy in the division. Go watch the fights. Watch Jason Maloney fight. Guy is a top talent. In a way, destroys them. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It's unimaginable. But it's really happening. This guy's really running through dudes like they don't belong in the sport. And when he's done with them, they bounce back. His his wins are aging well. Nanito Donaire, one of my favorite fighters, he's he debuted in 01. This guy is still fighting at a world class level. Yes, he got destroyed in the rematch. Two rounds. That's what Donair, I mean, excuse me, that's what Inouye does. He gets great guys out of there early. He's a special fighter. The thing with this fight, he's going up against another special fighter. And he's moving up to do it. That's where the danger comes. That's where we say, okay, at least I say, okay, this is a 50-50 matchup. He's moving up in weight again. How much can he... How much times can he continue to move up? How many times? There's going to be a ceiling at some point. But if it's not Fulton, guess what? In a way, has the mindset that he's going to continue to do it until someone can say, nah, 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 little guy. You can't hang here. But is it this weight class? We'll have to find out July 25th. He's going against Stephen Fulton. Stephen Fulton, again, when I talk resume... This guy is stacking his resume. He has wins over so many undefeated fighters that it's ridiculous. I'm talking when this guy was only like seven fights in, he's fighting respectable opponents. Joshua Greer, he beat, and let me see, his eighth pro fight. Joshua Greer, highly touted prospect. Gets matched up with him in his eighth fight. Fulton beats him. Fulton beats him. Adam Lopez, undefeated at the time. Fulton beats him. Isaac Avalar, undefeated at the time. Fulton beats him. Angelo Leo, first world title fight. I believe Leo was the favorite. If not, it was very close odds. I remember that fight. Being extremely close. Fulton beats him. Brandon Figueroa. Excellent fighter. Much bigger than Stephen Fulton. Power puncher. Tough guy to deal with. Gets in close. Makes it really rough. Fulton fights him. At the style that Figueroa prefers. Fulton beats him. Yes, that was a little controversial. Some people thought Figueroa won the fight. I didn't. I didn't. I watched that fight twice. I did not think Fulton lost that fight. Fulton landed the cleaner punches to me. It was a great fight. Fulton won. Comes in its Danny Roman, outclasses him, makes Danny Roman, who is an excellent fighter, makes him look like he wasn't on his level. This matchup July 25th is truly the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. It's a great great matchup. It is better than you think it is. It is off the charts. I'm not going to say I'm more excited for this fight than Spence in a way. Excuse me, Spence in a way. I'm not going to say I'm more excited for this fight than Spence Crawford, but it's pretty damn close. It's probably even at this point. Put it this way this fight is taking place at about 6 a.m. Eastern time on a Tuesday, and I'm all in. I have that day off of work. I am ready. It is a fight that is on my calendar. Inject it directly into my veins. It's that good, folks. If you're sleeping on this fight, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just as charged up as me. But if you're one of those people, even if you're kind of sleeping on this fight, wake your ass up. It's going to be electric. It's going to be a classic, it is going to be a moment, regardless of what happens, that will be in the annals of boxing history and will be talked about for years to come. Now let's get into the styles here. You got Stephen Fulton, the champion. Fulton's long, Fulton's rangy. Fulton uses that jab to perfection. He varies the speed on it. He can also throw it from different distances. He likes to throw it on the move as well, which is extremely key against a power puncher like Inouye. But he's versatile in his attack. I've seen him win from the outside, and I've seen him win on the inside like he did against Figueroa. He can jab you for six straight rounds, build a lead, and then start throwing combinations once you think you have the jab timed. That's skillful, but not only is it the skill, it's the IQ. To know when to switch it up. He can throw lead straight right hands. And then dip out underneath the counter shot flawlessly. He can throw those punches straight. But he can also curve them at the end. Kind of like a triple G does. With his overhand right hands. Give a little twist at the end of it. To land over the guard. That's the type of things that Stephen Fulton can do. He can also throw combinations as well. He's equally effective. All the way outside. And all the way inside. The mid-range will be the danger zone to me against Inouye. But Follin is constantly moving. Whether it's his feet or his head. He'll swivel his entire body sometimes as he stands right in front of you. So you may think he's there, but he's not really there. So it's real difficult to predict his next move. Another thing I love about Follin is he will take what you give him. Kind of like Tom Brady. Defense is playing off. He'll take the little dink and dunks. Meaning Fulton will land two shots. Instead of going for that third shot, he'll exit the pocket. He'll get out. He'll get on the back foot. He'll be defensive. Yeah, yeah, I just landed those two shots. I'm winning the round. Now come get me. He'll do that. He's not an idiot. He's not going to stand there and trade if he has a choice. The Figueroa fight, sometimes I feel he didn't have the choice. He's the guy that'll leave the party just as guys are bringing out shots. In other words, he'll leave a little bit early instead of staying a little bit too late. He's not going to get blacked out in there. He'll land his shots, he'll get out of there. He'll be at the party, he'll mingle a little bit, he'll leave. When Fulton is in close, he's a master. He's a master at getting that left hook behind the opponent's ear. I've seen him do it many, many times. And it's extremely impressive because he does it over and over again in the same fight. Once he lands it, and he gets on his back foot, that causes frustration. Because he'll land a big shot, and like I said, he'll dip out of there. So you're trying to chase him to get your comeback. Pause. He also has the ability to spin around you because he has superior foot speed in most cases. So as you're trying to follow him, and you're turning, He's catching you on the pivot. He's chopping you with an overhand right hand. He's sticking the jab in there, whether it's the body or the head. Follin has so many different ways to attack you. The punch selection is off the charts. When I'm thinking about punch selection in boxing, I'm thinking of these four guys right here. I'm thinking Jermell Charlo off the top. That's probably number one with punch selection. Jermell Charlo. Up next, not in any really specific order, but Charlo probably first. But up next, I'm thinking guys like Thurman. I'm thinking Fulton, and I'm thinking, I like Devin Haney a lot, the way he varies his punch output. But Fulton is right in that conversation. Like I said, he's in that top four, whatever way you want to rank him. He throws different punches at different times, at different distances, just at the right time. He knows what he's doing in that ring. He's a master. You have two masters here. Another thing I love about Fulton's game, I said how he'll he'll leave – Before it's too late. But don't get it twisted. Even if he's clearly winning a fight. In the later rounds, he'll still press you. Like I said, he'll switch it up. He'll keep you guessing. He was pressing Roman in the ninth round of that fight especially. Sitting down on his punches. Even though he was up at least four rounds. He didn't care. He wanted to punish Roman. And that's what he did. Down the stretch. Especially in that it was the ninth round. In the eleventh round, he was putting a beating on Roman. That will be key. If you're up against Inouye, not saying he will be up because it's going to be tough, but if he's up against Inouye, he can't take his foot off the gas at all. He has to have that mindset, especially in Japan. You're in the guy's home country, in his backyard. The crowd is going to be all for Inouye. Fulton has to win every single round if he can. Don't leave it close at all. Don't let it be close for one second. Even if you think you're winning 10 straight rounds, That 11th and 12th, you better come out like you're down, like you need a knockout. Win every second of every fight. That could be the mindset Fulton needs here because anything less will get you hurt. If I got to talk about some negatives, and there isn't much negatives in either one of these guys' games, really, but for Fulton, he doesn't have big power. But again, this is a smaller guy moving up to fight him, so we'll have to see how Inoue takes that power. It's not massive. It's not one-punch knockout power. But that would be my one knock on him. Ah, Another one, maybe, at times, not always, but there's instances where Fulton can be a little bit of a headhunter. This fight particularly, he'll have to switch it up. He'll have to be a body shot, head shot, double up on the body. Like He'll have to be really unpredictable, and I think he will. He's going to be at the top of his game. He's going against the toughest test of his career. Not a test, really. A legacy fight. So I expect him to be well-rounded. Like I said, he can do it all. I expect him to try it all against Inouye. And as far as Inouye, break down his style real quick. He's a monster. (laughs) What more do you have to say? Inouye, just like Fulton, is extremely well-rounded. I mean, We talk about the power, and everyone's fixated on the power, the power, the power. If Inouye was strictly a power guy, I would say Fulton smokes him. It wouldn't be close if all he had was power. We need more than that to beat Fulton. But that isn't the case, is it? Inouye isn't someone who relies on the power. He's a skillful technician who just so happens to possess unbelievable power. We've heard comparisons to Inouye, and the one we've heard the most is Manny Pacquiao. I get it. Asian guy, traveled many weight classes, but fundamentally, it's not close. way, is much more technically sound than a Manny Pacquiao. Inouye's comparison, in reality, should be more to Mike Tyson than it is to Manny Pacquiao. And I know that may sound controversial to some people. Tyson was, and still is, a cultural icon. But I'm talking skill-wise. Mike Tyson had the skills. He wasn't just a puncher. And not only the skills, but the gift to put the guys out that quickly. In a way, possesses both of those things. Pacquiao was a little abstract. He wasn't technically sound. But obviously, smaller guys... Tend to be more coordinated, more agile. So in a way, obviously is more agile than a, than a Mike Tyson. But really, in a way, is in a class of his own, if we're being honest. The jab is phenomenal. The way he feints off the jab to set up the power shot is what makes it even more of a dangerous weapon. The threat of the jab gets opponents out of position. And then they open themselves up. For an even bigger shot, which is crazy. You're avoiding the jab, but then you're walking into the right hand. But that's just the traps that Inouye sets. They have no choice in most of the cases. If he isn't using the jab, he's dipping low. Making you think he's going to throw. You think he's throwing the body shot, then he comes upstairs, lands something over the top. Typically, it's the right hand. But he'll let that left hook rip at any moment. It's top-notch. You thought you think of top left hooks in the game. You think of Canelo. You may think of Caleb Plant. I like his left hook a lot. Donaire, probably the most famous one. Danny Garcia, another one. No look left hook. But in a way, may have the best of them all. He leaves opponents crumbling from a left hook to the body. But he can also throw it to the head. He'll throw it as a lead left hook, which is extremely dangerous or he'll throw it in the midst of a combination you just never know when that left hook's coming you have to watch out for it the old famous words do not hook with a hooker Donaire did it he had some success in the first fight in the second fight not so much the speed of Inouye is something that is just really hard to describe you have to see it to believe it You think, like I said, you think he's throwing one shot. Next thing you know, he's throwing the other shot, and the guy's knocked out. You think he's throwing a jab. He's throwing the right hand. The guy's knocked out. Like, it's that quick. I think Fulton has the reflexes, has the timing, has the range to disrupt that. But we really don't know until they're in there. Like, this is a 50-50 to me. I think... We were talking about negatives for Fulton. There isn't many. Same thing with Inouye. There isn't many. For Inouye, I guess he leaves his hands low at times, kind of like Tiafimo does. Leaves him really low. Even though he has good defense, this is a high-level fight. These guys will both be hit. We saw Donair break Inouye's orbital, like I said. So we know it's possible for him to get touched up. But we just have to see it. We just have to see how it's going to play out. What's the game plan is going to look like for in I think he's got to be mid range. That's where he'll do his best work getting inside, maybe a little more difficult than he anticipates. I think in a way will have to work to get in there. I think Fulton is going to have that jab sticking in his face at will at sometimes, especially early in the fight. It's that good, but anyway, can jab with you. Like I said, anyway, jab is incredible as well. These are just, two top-notch guys getting in there. Fulton needs to be all the way out or all the way in. The mid-range stuff will get him hurt. You got to rough him up on the inside, grab him, turn him, jab him as you exit the pocket. I think that's the way to frustrate Inouye and get him off his game plan a little bit. He's not used to the physicality or the athleticism that Fulton will bring. Granted, He's used to wrestling around with them, little guys. And he'll toss those guys around. Can he do that with Fulton? It remains to be seen. In a way, isn't as small as we think. He is the smaller fighter. Granted, Fulton's big for that weight class as well. But it's not like In a Way is a guy that needs to gain weight here. Like he's just cutting less weight. He's not gaining weight. It's not like he's super small like Manny Pacquiao putting rocks in his pockets to make weight. It's not that drastic, but it is something that he isn't accustomed to in a professional fight, going up and fighting a bigger guy. There will be an adjustment there. Will it be a quick adjustment, or will it take him some rounds? That's the question. All I know is we're in for an amazing matchup. This is going to be high-level chess with so many wrinkles to each other's game. I think there's going to be ebbs and flows in the fight. Like I said, I think in a way, outside of the heavyweights, is the best fighter on the planet, and people could say, "Well, if he's the best fighter on the planet, you think he's definitely going to win easily?" No, that's not the case. Weight classes matter. He's moving up. I think highly of Fulton. I think Fulton is a top ten pound for pound guy, no question about it. My money, because of the odds, is on Stephen Fulton. Fulton is a significant underdog. Based on the odds But we know fights are not won Based on the odds I think Fulton Has the skills to pull it off I think he has the mindset to pull it off But can he pull it off? That's the question The jab The range The versatility Those are the keys to victory for me But make no mistake about it This fight could end Just like that. I will not be shocked. If Inouye goes in there. And does what Inouye does. There have been many great fighters. And I talked about them earlier in the podcast. That have stepped in the ring. With Naya Inouye. And people thought it was going to be a competitive fight. And they didn't get out of the second round. That. Is the type of fighter. That we are witnessing. We are witnessing. One of the greatest fighters Of all time. That's no hyperbole. The work he's put in. Is well documented. If you haven't been paying attention to it. That is on you. He is one of the greatest fighters. To ever step foot on this planet. We are lucky. To be seeing him. Fulton. In a way. Is going to be a classic. Do not miss this fight. If you're listening to this podcast. And I think we're 27 minutes into it. You've invested enough time here. Do not miss this fight. If you cannot see it live. Avoid the spoilers. This will be aired on ESPN Plus the app. You could rewatch it at any time. I'm sure you could find a streaming site that has the fight after it takes place. There is no excuse to miss it. Again, you don't have to see it live, but there is no excuse to miss this fight. Not everyone is going to take the day off like myself, but I've heard of many other people doing it. That's how big the fight is. When's the last time I took a day off to watch a fight? I'll tell you when. It was actually Uh, never. I've never had to do that. That just shows the significance of this one. But that wraps up my preview for Inouye versus Fulton. It's July 25th. It is around 6 a.m. Eastern Time, 5 a.m. Central Time, 3 a.m. Pacific Time. It may not be the ideal time, but it's the ideal fight, and you can bank on that. But like I said, that, Takes place 11 days from today, the 25th. But we still have action this weekend. That may be like a main course. This weekend, we have some appetizers. We have on the zone the return of Alicia Bumgarner. She's in her hometown of Detroit. She's looking to avenge her only loss against Christina Lina Darto. If I mispronounce that name, sorry, I'm not too familiar. With a lot of these female boxers. But I am familiar with Bumgarner. Bumgarner is a beast. She likes to land power shots. She's trained by Tony Harrison. I expect her to come out here in her hometown. And show out. But like I said. She's avenging a loss. She's already lost to this person. It was a split decision. It's not going to be easy. But I think Bumgarner has stepped her game up. In the last three fights. Expect her to win this fight. Hopefully in a spectacular fashion. That's the main event. But in the co-main, we have a huge debut. It is Andy Cruz. One of the most highly touted prospects slash amateur fighters that I can recall since Vasily Lomachenko made his debut. This guy's an Olympic gold medalist. He beat Keyshawn Davis in the Olympics. Highly skilled. Trained. By Bozy Ennis, if you don't know who that is, it's the father slash trainer of Jerron Boots Ennis. This guy appears to have the goods. Again, the professional ranks are much different than the amateurs, but I expect this guy to show out. I expect this guy to show the world how good he is on day one. He's from Cuba. If you know anything about Cuban Olympians, they tend to be high level. This guy had a long way To get to the u.s but he finally made it he defected from cuba he made it to the u.s and he's here to show the world just how good he can be he's making his debut against juan carlos burgos again great first name by the way burgos is a veteran burgos isn't the best fighter i'm not here to say that but burgos has had 45 professional fights he's been in the ring with guys like Keyshawn davis devin haney with mikey garcia like he's seen a thing or two is he gonna win the fight We don't know. Andy Cruz has never fought a professional yet or as a professional yet. So we have to see how he's going to adapt to the style. But I think fighting Burgos in your first fight is just to show the world, hey, this guy isn't playing around. He's that good. He's going to fight a veteran in his very first fight. A lot of guys come out, they go four-rounders, they go six-rounders, they go eight-rounders. This guy's going to make his debut at a 10-round fight on a co-main event. Andy Cruz is a big deal. Keyshawn Davis fought this guy back in December. Keyshawn Davis has been a professional since 2021. Here we are in 2023, and Cruz is making his debut against him. So it just shows they're looking to move Andy Cruz at an accelerated pace, which is a good thing for the sport. A guy who's been in the Olympics, who's been dominating the amateur boxing scene, he's not that young. He's 27 years old. So you got to get him in there. You got to get him in there fast. He's had 149 fights as an amateur. He won 140 of them. He's looking to make an immediate splash in a loaded lightweight division. Keep an eye on him. That is Saturday night on the zone. And then over on Showtime, we have the return of Frank Martin, 17-0, 12 KOs, coming off his biggest victory against Michelle Rivera. Before that, he beat Jackson Marines, This guy's making noise in the lightweight division to the point where these top guys are going to have to start paying attention. He's fighting a guy named Artem. I'll butcher his last name. I have no idea what his last name is. Guy's from Germany. Guy's an Olympian. He was a bronze medalist. Solid guy. Nothing special about him. He's decent. Comes forward. Throws with power. Um, It seems like all his punches are the same speed. So I don't really see him giving Frank Martin too many problems. But it should make for an interesting matchup it should make for an entertaining fight where frank martin is going to look good kind of like how boots looked last week you have a guy that's aggressive coming forward where frank can just show off his athleticism show off his counter punching show off his body punching and really make an example out of this dude named artem also on that card you have a solid matchup between elvis rodriguez and victor postal that's a good matchup at 140. elvis rodriguez has looked really good in his last few fights since suffering his first loss Victor Postol at this point of his career is kind of like a gatekeeper. He's a former champion, but he seems to be on the back end. Hopefully he can give Elvis Rodriguez a tough test, but I expect Elvis Rodriguez to come out with the victory some way, somehow. If not, then that's really the end of the Elvis Rodriguez project. Top Rank gave up on him. I think they gave up on him a little bit too early. Since coming to PBC, I say PBC as if I'm part of them, but since joining PBC... He has looked a lot better. He's definitely improved. So we'll see how he looks Saturday night. Donaire is not on this card. He was supposed to be on the card. He's actually going to be on the Spence Crawford undercard. So I think that gives a boost to the pay-per-view card, but it's kind of a hit for this card. So overall, it should be a good night of sh- on Showtime. I'm joined here by Kevin Resendiz. If you haven't been listening to the podcast you missed it, go back and listen to last week. That was his first appearance on the podcast. He's back again to talk about one of his favorite fighters, Frank Martin. Kevin, what do you want to see from Frank Martin?
1: Honestly, Juan, I just want to see some of the things that we saw from the Michelle Rivera fight, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I want to see him get a stop. This dude, I'm sure we can sit here and talk about how he can make it interesting, but Frank's out here talking about Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, Javante Tank Davis, Lomachenko I heard him mention. If he's going to mention those guys, this guy, we... We can't have a, a situation like, you know, Boots just had seven months ago. Frank's going to go out there, put on a performance, and then we can talk about what's next. And we've both talked about this in our own time. I, I I think he is right in his own mind to feel like he belongs up there. But it starts Saturday. Take care of business. And then hopefully, possibly by the end of the year, we can get one, a, one more big fight. And uh, we can get another headline fight with uh, Frank Martin. Maybe like we talked about Pitbull. Maybe um, Deo Santos, Deilo Santos, any of those guys. Um, I doubt he'll obviously get the big guys. I mean, but down the line, I I think Frank can beat any of those guys. Man, I'm real high,
0: real high on Frank. Derek yeah, James was, has got a hell of a team. I had a discussion about this earlier or yesterday actually, where dudes were like, "Oh, we gotta we gotta chill out on on calling it a fifty fifty fight with all these guys because we haven't seen them." I'm not saying it's 50-50. I'm saying Frank Martin will be competitive with all these guys. Will he win? Maybe not. But I think he has a chance to win against all these guys. And I don't think that's crazy to say. It's a projection. It's a prediction. And I'll stand by I think Frank Martin will be competitive with anybody. Is he going to beat Tank? People are like, oh, he'll get knocked out. Well, that both things can be true. You can have a competitive fight and then get knocked out. It happens a lot. It's not like everyone that gets knocked out just gets Tanked washed.
1: In several tank yeah, fights you could have exactly. <laughs> you can
0: you can be even on the cards and then get knocked out. That's a competitive fight. I think Frank Martin can be competitive. He has the athleticism, he has the skill, and he has the trainer. I don't think people are paying enough attention to his training camp. He's around greatness. He's around Errol Spence. He's around Derek James. He's around Jamel Charlo. Now he's around um, Anthony Joshua and Ryan Garcia, but he's just in a great camp. Has the right mindset. I expect big things from him. Can I be wrong? Maybe. We're going to see. And like you said, Saturday night, he needs to dominate. We can't have an even fight. We can't have a fight that wasn't entertaining because these are entertainers at the end of the day. They have to win, but they also have to be entertaining. They put asses in the seats. And I think Frank Martin has a great opportunity here to do that. He just has to deliver. It's all set up for him.
1: The fastest way, Juan, for him to get a bigger fight is to just dominate this guy if he goes out there and dominates there's no rebuttals on the other team's side they can't be like whoa you didn't dump no if frank goes in there and does what he's supposed to do there will be no reason and then in in two weeks on the spence undercard we got pitbull cruz he's one of the guys that i would like to see that would probably be be at that point his biggest test and then we can and then we can go from there but it starts saturday Shout out to Frank Martin. I'm expecting big things.
0: Yep. And I, I like how they're setting it up. Before he fights, you have episode two of All Access. So whoever's just tuning in to Showtime to watch All Access, hopefully they stick around and they can see Frank Martin perform. I think the table's set for him. He just needs to knock Artem off the table. And I know I'm kind of shitting on Artem. I don't really know much about the guy. But on paper, he's a solid opponent. He's undefeated. He's a former Olympian. It'll be a good name to put on his resume. I would rather... Frank Martin stay busy and fight guys like this, than to just be inactive and just sit there and waiting around, sitting on his hands, waiting for a big fight. Speaking of someone in need of a big fight, Boots Ennis. Last week we did the preview of Boots Ennis. Boots Ennis delivered. He destroyed Roman Via. It was probably actually not probably, it was his best performance to date. It was against his toughest opponent to date. I thought. He knocked it out of the park, won basically every round. You could argue he lost a round here or there, but it wasn't close. Like Kevin would say, it was scotch tape. It was one-sided. It was an ass-whooping. It was exactly what Boots needed. He showed his toughness. He showed his skill. He showed he could entertain. He did it all. The time is now for him to get a big fight. And do we are we going to blame Spencer Crawford? Absolutely not. They're fighting each other. That should be their focus. But everyone else... Needs to see Boots at some point. <laughs> needs to see Boots. You have to. There's no other route. If Spence and Crawford move up, they they vacate the titles. The path to get a championship has to be through Boots. Whether it's Thurman and Ugas, or the winner of that fight that's been rumored. Whether it's Stanionis who kind of got screwed out of a fight with Virgil. He needs a fight. Why not fight Boots? They're all on the PBC banner. Somebody got to step up. Somebody got to fight him. I don't care if it's Rashidi Ellis, even though he came off a loss. Somebody in the top ten at the welterweight division needs to step in the ring with Boots in his. Period.
1: Kevin, how did you feel about
0: the performance? I was
1: beyond excited. We watched it together. Um, boots delivered, I mean, just time and time again. And Romain Villa was tough. I mean, he took some significant shots, but we were like, how was boots not putting this guy out and boots was hitting him clean? there was a couple there was a couple rounds in the fight where you know we were discussing we were like, I wish he'd chopping this up and the thing that I loved about it most was after the fight, the first thing he said was, I gotta get better at this. my dad wants me to and that's something that I love to see.
0: He is an absolute animal yeah he's, he's a student. he's self-aware too He you, knows what he did wrong, you, which wasn't much, but it wasn't much he no. picked like we do mm-hmm. You heard um
1: Al Bernstein from Showtime he said, I mean, he's been covering the sport for 30 years. He said this might be the most gifted offensive fighter he's ever seen.
0: I mean, I'm not going to go that far. I like Al Brunson. I I respect that a lot that he said that. I'm not saying I agree. Like you said, but... (sighs) But that's impressive. I'm not not just dismissing it. Like, that means something.
1: Absolutely. Um, You are right. The path goes through him. The Sturman-Uga's fight, I'm curious to see. I don't really have a winner on that. I'm sure we'll discuss that, but... Whoever that is, um, if if we can make the Stanley Onus fight, let's do that. Like you said, Speedy Rashidi, but he's beat a top 10 guy now. Everybody said that they wanted to see him. We talked about it, especially after that fight in January where the guy just ran. He, Boots could have done a better job of cutting off the ring. This was his toughest opponent. This dude was hard to put out, and that that slow-motion punch is on every boxing highlight reel. I must have had yeah, 20 that. people send it to me. Boots boots won in spectacular fashion. Shout out to Boots. He's one of my three to four favorite fighters. Him, Tank, Errol Spence, Frank Martin. Those are my guys right now that I'm cheering for. Um and I couldn't have I couldn't have asked for a better performance. And I just hope that he we can get him. If we can get Boots one
0: more time this year, man, I will be ecstatic. That's the thing. He has to fight by the year's end. He can't be inactive. Even if he doesn't get a Thurman or Ugas, he has to fight someone decent. Or or even fight at all. Like, I'll take him fighting a bum over not fighting. We'll complain about it, but he just got to stay active. Got to keep people's mind on boots. Keep people, keep reminding people. He's not there yet settings. where he can just be like, I only fight twice. Yeah, you can't take time off. You have to stay active if you're going to be what we think he can be, and that is one of the top names in boxing. Skill-wise, he's already there. Name-wise, you just got to keep winning. Keep winning in spectacular fashion, and it will happen. That was a great crowd that they had at Atlantic City. Continue to put him in the right market, and he will continue to build his brand. He's only getting bigger from here. Like you said, that clip, I saw that clip everywhere. I saw that clip so many times from people who don't even watch boxing like that. They were like, wow, look at this highlight. Like, that says something. You got people talking. Your name's buzzing. People are still talking about it a week later. That's a good thing. Let's look into the future a little bit with Boots, real quick. Since you're one of Boots' biggest fans, is there anyone that you would favor over Boots right now? If the fight gets made right now, is there anyone you're saying, I'll take them over Boots? Possibly Arrow Spence, but
1: that's about it. I mean, I guess you would have to go Arrow. I mean,. You already know how I feel about him. I got him stomping uh, Bud Crawford. but Thurman, nope, he's too inactive. I'm not saying I'm when I say I take these guys. I don't want you guys to take this and be like, woody, he's gonna dump. I didn't say that. I'm just saying, my money. I'm putting it on Boots. Stanley Onis would be a, a his toughest test. I'm taking uh, Boots. Ugas, hell of a fighter, hell of a defensive guy, active. Boots is too fast for him, um, and Boots is a big welterweight. And um, if those guys move up, Crawford and Spence, I actually could see a situation where Spence stays and we could get Crawford. um, That case right there. But by the time we get that fight, I mean, Crawford might be 37. He's going to fight Spence twice. If that's in the contract, he could be 36, 37 by that time.
0: Boots also made a comment saying, hey, he might see those guys at 154. Well, then that's, then that then would that's just, a yeah, that would, I
1: mean, if he's chasing that those, that it, depends what, it depends what he wants to do. I mean, if if, if Spence vacates the belts, I mean, and, and Crawford leaves, and the belts are there, and he wants the belts, or he could just chase the big fight and want those. That's totally up to him. But they, put it this way, there's not one guy in the sport of boxing that's in those two weight classes that if you said they're going to go in there and whip Boots' his ass, hell no. And if you said Kevin would you if if it was 40% in Boots favor I'd probably take that against anybody.
0: So 50-50. So right now, for the record tomorrow night something crazy happens. Spence pulls out. They say it's Crawford versus Boots. You got money on Boots? I do. Bold yeah, statement. <laughs> I do. I don't mind it. I would take Crawford You would he, the points would I'm be in my the points that.
1: would be in my the points would be in my favor. So I'm saying even odds, even odds. Even odds 100-400. I'd have to take Right now, I would have they to take... say you got to make a bet right now. Crawford I would, Boots. I would have to take Crawford tomorrow. But give me one more chance of seeing Boots against somebody good. Because Boots is only going up. Crawford isn't. Um, That's fair to say. So, I, like I said, give me one fight. If I see Boots put on another performance like I just saw last Saturday, I'll even take him probably over... I'm not going to say Spence because you know how I feel about Spence, but... Everybody else. And Spence would be like a 55-45 fight. Those are my, my two main guys, them and Tank. So, uh, you know, that's hard for me to do. But anybody else? Thurman, Ugas, um, Speedy Rashidi, Stanny Onis. Even if he went to 144 and fought Philly versus Phil, I mean, 154, sorry. <laughs> no. 154 and fought uh, Philly's own Danny Garcia. I'm taking him over Danny Garcia. I'm taking him right now over Brian Castaño. I'm taking him over a lot of guys. Um,
0: Crawford
1: Taking Spen- him over Mel. Nah, I ain't taking him over <laughs> Mel. Mel's fighting Canelo. But other than that, I mean, that, other than hey, Spence yeah. and Crawford, I'm favoring him over everybody. And Crawford's time is ticking. And like I said, I just want to see just one more fight from Boots. I already know in my mind. I just got to see it. Um, right. Offensively, like you said. And there are some things that he does need to work on defensively. But if you noticed in the fight, he was getting hit. Then he stopped getting hit. So he picked yeah, up that ability to... He made the adjustments. And when you can do that, I mean, he's, what, 25, 26? When you're that young and you're yeah, I think he's already... 25. If he's already starting to do that, I mean, he is a boogeyman for a reason. Thurman, probably, that's the fight I would probably want to see because it would be a pay-per-view. That's the fight guys. I want to see. Both guys would get paid. I know you love um, Keith one-time Thurman. Yes. Um, we could we could see that. Um, But I'm taking boots in that fight. And y'all I think you're taking boots. Um. Oh, yeah. As a
0: Thurman fan, obviously, I'd be rooting for Thurman. But, yeah, I wouldn't be confident picking Thurman at all. I would favor Boots for sure. But, like you said, the inactivity, we got to see what Thurman does next. Absolutely. Hopefully, He's rumored. It's not official. He's rumored to fight Ugas. If he goes in there and stops Ugas, then maybe I'll think differently. i love to keep Thurman. But I think either way, there's big matchups to be made. I can't wait until we talk about him. Boots is I... probably going to win
1: most of these. I was doing something just – Off topic, I was looking yesterday at uh, Keith Thurman's um, last few fights, and I'm just like, bro, since like 2016, I want to say he might have fought six times. If you go back and look at that.
0: Since 2016, I don't think he's fought six times. I think he's fought less than that.
1: That's very
0: inactive. I think he's
1: only fought three times in a year. Like It was like 2013. I went back and looked at it. He had the big wins against Porter and Danny, and then he,
0: he did those back to back. He beat Porter, then he beat Danny. He was the king of the division, and at then that time. he had a car accident, I believe, elbow surgery. Yeah, came back, fought Jose Cito Lopez. That was like a it and was then his fought... comeback fight, and he he wasn't and then super. Fought Pacquiao. Yeah, close lost fight. to Pacquiao, and COVID hit, and. He said he regrets that not fighting during COVID, and then he fought Mario Barrios, and then he's been waiting for Spence. That obviously didn't happen because now we got Spence Crawford. So, yeah, it's been a combination of decisions, injuries, and luck. Hopefully, he can overcome that, but we never know. Sometimes fighters get old overnight.
1: I hope. I mean, how much how much short notice are they going to give us on that fight? Hopefully, we get some more. I would think it would have
0: to be announced within the next two. Two weeks. Yeah, if it's going to be in August, if it's going to be the end of August, early September. Yeah, you got to do it pretty soon. Yep. But we'll see. I like I like
1: Thurman in that fight just because I think he's a better fighter. But I mean, Ugas is no no
0: joke. No, he's I mean, not. I just he's look at like the last time. The last time we saw Ugas, he looked very bad with his eyes shut. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying he took a brutal beating that could change your life. No joke, that could change your life. The guy's rich. The guy is chilling. The guy just posted the other day of like. A huge celebration for his birthday. like The guy's living as he should. He's he's had a rough life. And he's overcome a lot of things. He started his career on a bad note. And he put in the work and went on a great winning streak. Ended up fighting Manny Pacquiao on pay-per-view and beating him. Like The guy's a success story. Maybe he isn't as hungry as he once was. Maybe Thurman isn't as hungry either. We'll have to see. Hopefully this well, fight gets made. Those, I think it's a really exciting fight. One of
1: those guys is going to have to put on a performance you agree if they want another big fight. If if Thurman wants to say, just say Spence or Crawford win each other and, and say one of them stays, or say Crawford stays, or say Spence wins and and Crawford's and Crawford stays. and if Thurman goes out there and barely beats Ugas or doesn't beat him, who is he to ask for that fight? Even Boots, if Boots is like, if Boots, if Thurman gets dominated by Ugas, Boots isn't going to want to, Boots is going to want to fight the winner, but I mean, Thurman is going to lose his
0: chance at a, at a big well, payday. Well, yeah, Thurman, it's this a must his... win for both guys if they want to continue their They career. want paydays. But I think, I don't know, even if one of them barely win, whoever wins, I think will still get a big fight because that's a name. That's a scalp. That's a name for Boots to get in there with and say, I just beat Ugas. I just beat Thurman. Like, So I don't think it would take away the fight. As long as, like, as long as it's not a draw, like do you think, someone's do you think, gonna
1: win. Um, Ugas and Thurman would be um, more competitive fights for boots than Stani Onis? Ugas, Thurman,
0: or Stani Onis. What would be if you
1: had to rank those in for terms who? of competitiveness boots? for boots? Yes, we know Thurman would be the biggest payday, but in terms of, I mean, maybe who I'm would biased. Give the most, best fight?
0: I think boots. Thurman's style is the best because I still believe Thurman has the best legs in the welterweight division. And I think movement proved to be a little bit of a challenge for Boots. Stanionis, I think, would make for a better fight to watch because of his style. He's going to come forward. He's going to throw power shots. He's going to get in close on you, throw to your body. I think that would be an all-action firefight. Thurman, I think, would try and out box boots. Does he still have the legs? We don't know. We have to see it. Like we said, the inactivity, the age, that could go away. So we don't know if he still moves like he once did. But if Thurman can still move, I would say Thurman has the best. I would say Ugas has the least. But we have to see. If that fight gets made. If he fights one of those three, I'll be satisfied. And I'm sure any Boots fan out there would love to see him in the ring with either one of those guys. Yes, because
1: after that, (laughs) there's really nowhere for anybody
0: else to run. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's time to, to fight Boots or shut up, really. Like mm-hmm. give it up or get in the ring with boots. That's <laughs> what it is. Those are your options. <laughs> Retire or fight boots. That's Which it. one is it gonna be? Yeah. But should be a lot of fun things coming up in the sport of boxing. We touched on a lot of them. Um this weekend again, we got Alicia Bumgarner, we got Andy Cruz's debut, we have Frank Martin, we have Elvis Rodriguez on Showtime. Those are appetizers. The main events are in a couple weeks. Like I touched on in the beginning of this podcast, Inouye Fulton, massive fight. And then later in the same week, another exceptional all-time type fight with Crawford and Spence. I'll be back with another episode to touch on what happens this weekend. And of course, I'll have the big preview coming up with Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford be there kevin anything you want to talk about anything you want to plug instagram twitter anything
1: my twitter's uh hoax Smash1127. Um,
0: guy who doesn't tweet at all but follow him on twitter
1: yeah
0: you can catch the podcast you can catch i'm sure you're gonna put some hot takes out there at some point but that's about it man thanks guys thank you guys for listening tell a friend to tell a friend don't forget to leave that five-star review you can follow it on spotify or apple podcast thank you guys enjoy the fights i'm out